The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. What a great day, huh? It's already been good. Did you enjoy the donuts, the Easter donuts? That was, that was pretty awesome, right? Baptisms, I, I made an executive decision. I think we're doing baptisms every Easter for the rest of eternity because that is awesome, right? That was awesome. Um, I know Pastor Lisa just talked about uh, extravaganza, um, but we wanted to show you uh, in case you weren't there. And if you were there, um, you might have been so busy uh, doing whatever thing you were doing that it was hard for you to kind of see the whole picture. And so we have a quick little video we want to show you to celebrate last year's extravaganza. So check this out. Y'all, there were so many eggs. Like, the, my favorite part, Lisa and Madison and I were out in the middle of the field. We did the countdown, and we released them, and there were kids jumping over eggs to get to other eggs. I mean, it, I'm, it was awesome. It was so awesome. And the little, the little baby area, they, uh, they were just so cute. It took them forever to get all the eggs, but mom's taking pictures. It was just, it was awesome. So, Harvest, uh, thank you again. So, so proud of you. And, um, and I know this has already been announced, but I am... I'm so excited for our open house uh, this Friday night. If you're if you're new to Harvest, or if you're you haven't joined a dream team, you want to meet the staff, know how things work, all that kind of stuff. This is this is the night to do it. So it's this Friday night. I hope you'll come. It's just going to be absolutely incredible. So we're in a series right now that's called He Gets Us. It's a it's a series about Jesus. The the idea when we started was just to look at who Jesus is, what he said, what he did. And then my favorite part of this is how he changes our lives. And the premise really is this, is that Jesus understands us because he came to earth and he lived on the earth as a human. And so because he walked the earth and he, you know, he ate meals and he had friends and he went through all the things that we go through as humans, that, that he now understands us in a way that he couldn't if he just stayed up in heaven far away from us. And, and, and that's really... You know, the culmination of this is what we celebrate today with Easter. I know Christmas is the holiday we celebrate that he actually came to the earth. But like the the climax of the story is what we're celebrating today with Easter. And I'm just so excited to talk to you a little bit today about, about Easter and about Jesus. The events in the days leading up to what we now know is Easter. They wouldn't have called it that in the 
Bible, but we do now. The, the events in those days leading up were not a surprise to Jesus. In fact, he actually talked about it a lot. He knew what was coming, and we see several times in the scriptures where he gets his disciples together, and he tells them what's about to happen. One of those is in Luke chapter 18, verse 31. This is actually the third time that we see him predicting his death and his resurrection. I'll just read it to you quickly. It says, Jesus took the 12 aside and he said to them, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that's been written by the prophets about the son of man, he's referring to himself, that's Jesus, will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him, which by the way, that, that little set of words right there tells us a lot about how Jesus gets us, about how he understands us. He's, he's telling them, he's like, look, they're going to mock me, they're going to insult me, they're going to spit on me, and then it says, then they will flog and kill him, but, here's the Easter part, on the third day he will rise again. And something happens two verses later. And this is what I want to pay attention to. I was reading this passage a few weeks ago. I was just getting my heart ready for Easter. I was going through the Gospels and pulling out all the passages that lead up to Easter. And I, and I read this prediction and, and I kept, that Jesus made. And I kept reading and, and I come to this story. Luke 18, 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting along the roadside begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus is passing by. Now, now a few weeks ago, I read that, and I hope this happens to you. And, and as soon as I read those words, Jesus is passing by, just something happened in my heart. This kind of this flicker of excitement just kind of popped up. I was preparing my heart for Easter, and I just, I, I read those words, I, and I had to go back and kind of read them again and again. And there was something in this that Jesus Jesus was passing by, and I, I just had this idea in my heart that, that on Easter Sunday that something special was going to happen, that Jesus was going to kind of pass by, if you will. And uh, yesterday, uh, I'm in a, a text group with a group of, of friends. We're all pastors all over the country, and, and my, my buddy Jeremy, he's a pastor in Alabama. He texts me. I'll, I'll just read it to you. He said, good morning, fellas. This morning in prayer, I heard the Holy Spirit say, be expectant. This is not going to be an ordinary Easter weekend. Give me room and don't be in a hurry. Guys, resurrection power is going to be released on his church this weekend. Let's be prayerfully expectant. God is on the move. And when I read that, I was like, that's what I've been feeling. Like a few weeks ago when I read these words, Jesus is passing by. That, that, was, that was like this confirmation. And so I, I want to tell you, first of all, that it's up to you if you want this to to be a normal Easter, all right? I don't know what you have planned for the rest of your day. Um, I have a group text with our staff, and yesterday, Pastor Tyler started it by texting all of us a picture of the brisket that he has going on his smoker, all right? Um, not to be out outdone, Pastor Jace then sent his own picture of, of the several meats, not just one. I, I feel like he's trying to one-up Tyler just a little bit, all right? He's like, well, I got dino ribs and I got pork this and I, I, I all this stuff right and so we're, we're all like we're we're there's how about this is there an expectancy for what you're going to eat today anyone anyone excited about what you're going to going to eat all right so so this can be a normal Easter you can go home and eat your normal 
Easter celebratory meal. You can have your egg hunt. You can do all that. But I really believe that if we'll position our hearts for these next few minutes, that it could be extraordinary. That God wants to do something. That Now listen, every Sunday when we come, every Sunday, God's presence is here. Every Sunday. But I do believe there are certain weeks that it really is because of how we come, right? I know yesterday after EggCon, I stayed here for a little while to prepare for today, make sure things were ready. And uh, at some point, Ava texted me, and she's, she's trying to figure out the dinner plans. And, and I said, well, you know, are you, guys, are you guys at home? And she said, no, we're out Easter. We're shopping for Easter outfits, right? There was a, some of you, you, you put extra work into your Easter outfits outfit, right? All these things, like like you come with an expectancy, and I just want to announce over you today, Jesus is passing by. Watch what happens in this story. Verse 38, the man called out, the blind man called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him, be quiet, be quiet. And he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, and he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, watch this question, Jesus asked the man, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now, we're about to pray, which is something we do every Sunday, and we do it every Sunday at this same time, right before we open God's Word. We, we take a minute to pray and to get our hearts ready because we believe that God's Word is living and it's active and there's something for us today, and that when you add to that the activity of the Holy Spirit and how He's hovering over this room and He's, he's working in each of our hearts, that we just believe that God has a unique Word for every single person who's here today. And as we get ready for that, I want to take a moment and I want to ask you the same question that Jesus asked the blind man. I, just, I want you to really think about this for a minute. What do you want Jesus to do for you today? I love that Jesus paused and he looked at the blind man and he probably could have guessed what the blind man would have wanted him to do, but he asked him. He said, what do you want me to do for you today? As I read that a few weeks ago, I thought, what a cool moment on Easter Sunday to just come to and pause and think, you know, what do I need God to do in my life? What do I need God to do in my family, in my marriage, in my work, in my finances, in my health? What, what do I want for God to do today? And as you're answering that question, I want to lead you in a real quick prayer. It takes about 30 seconds where we just say, God, I'm listening. I'm opening my heart. I'm ready to hear from you today. But today, if you would like, I'd love for you in this prayer to kind of slip in. And God, this is what I'm asking you for today. And I just believe that God is going to answer prayers today on Easter Sunday. Does anyone sense that with me as well? Are you ready to pray? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that uh, is so evident that it's here today. Lord, we, uh, we don't want to take this moment lightly. We, we take your word seriously. We believe that you're going to speak to us today. And so we just pause. We say we're listening. 
Will you talk to us today? And as we do that, across this room, there are many who have identified something in their life that they're asking you for today, just like you did the blind man. And I'm believing that today, on Easter Sunday, that some miracles would happen, that you would answer some of those requests. Lord, we look to you. We believe that you are the one true God. You are our Savior. And it's in your name that we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Let's read the Easter story together out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. It says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them, and in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? And then probably the most famous words uttered about Easter, they said, he is not here, he has risen. Isn't that good news? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day and raised again. And they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, mother, uh, Mary, the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to be like nonsense. Peter, however, ran towards the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. I love the last line that we just read, that Peter went away wondering what had happened. I love the honesty of the Bible that in this moment, um, Peter's head is spinning, right? Now, now the reality is we knew that this, we knew this was what we were going to talk about today. We know this is the Easter story. Some of you have heard it dozens and dozens of times and you were ready. I mean, you came ready to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but I try really hard to put myself into the story and Imagine what it would have been like to live it out then, right? And, th- and I love the honesty how Peter comes up. They, they didn't believe it, right? They, it says they didn't believe the words of the women because they seemed like nonsense, right? They weren't being mean to the women. They were just like, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, this doesn't make sense. So Peter, he takes off. He runs to the tomb. He gets there. The grave clothes are there, and his head is spinning. He leaves wondering what in the world is actually happening. Peter saw Jesus hanging on the cross. He watched his lifeless body be taken down from the cross. He knows that the body was in this tomb. I mean, there might have been a brief moment where Peter walked out of the tomb and looked around and he counted. He's like, I know Jesus was in the third tomb on the left from the, from the oak tree. What? I don't know, right? And he's, okay, no, for sure, this is the tomb. This is why Peter's head is spinning, is that he saw that all of this took place. He knows the truth, but yet he can't reconcile what he's now seeing. 
You see, today, Easter Sunday, for the average Christian, this is like the Super Bowl Sunday of the year. I mean, this is the greatest day of the year. We get to celebrate the resurrection of our King. And I, and I love Easter, and most of you do as well. But I, but I also don't want to fly by the insane nature of this story. I don't want you to take for granted Because as we look at the disciples, this is happening in front of them. It's happening in real time. And to many of them, it's confusing. It's scary. They have all these questions. They have a lot to figure out. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you're confused as to your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're wondering about your faith. Maybe you have some things that you need to figure out as well. And if that's you today, I would love to to share four things with you about Jesus that I I believe will be helpful to you on this journey. Now, the the first thing is we have to answer this question, okay? How do we know how do we know that all of this is true? How do we know that that Jesus was really a person and he really went to a cross and he and he actually died, right? He didn't just become exhausted and, and pass out and maybe they thought he was dead, but he wasn't actually dead. And you know, how do they how do we know that they put him in a tomb and, and how do we know that someone didn't steal the body and, and, and play a prank on us? Like, how do we know that all of these things are really true? Which, first of all, I would say if that were your question, that's a great question. Like it really, really is. In fact, it's so important that we answer this question because the answer to that question quite literally has the ability to change everything that you know about the world. If you're a follower of Christ, you get that. That the way we, if, if this is true or it's not, changes everything about the world. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14 says this, if Christ has not been raised, in other words, if it were not to be true, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. <laughs> so we have to answer this question. I was reading a recent survey by the Barna Group and they were trying to answer the question, who is Jesus? They found out in their study, they were, they, 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 these guys are a really good survey group, so they were surveying across all different demographics and they found out in their survey that 90% of people surveyed believe that Jesus is a real person who actually was on the earth and, 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 and walked the earth as a human. 90% and, and and to be fair, I've done a lot of research. That's, that's about the average. There's very few that will argue that Jesus wasn't real because there's a ton of evidence to support this. But here, here's where it breaks down is that only 50% believe that he was God and only 50% believe that he was perfect. So this is a big question that we have to answer. How do we know that Jesus is really who he says he is? So I want to tell you today that Easter is the celebration that Jesus is real. Jesus is real. There's a mountain of historical evidence that that would help us to understand that Jesus is a real person, that Jesus did die on a cross, that he was put in a tomb, and that three days later he was raised from the dead. In fact, hundreds and hundreds have given eyewitness accounts of seeing him uh, post-crucifixion, walking around, back in the earth. In fact, many of these eyewitness accounts, they did so with so much 
passion, so much belief that they were actually willing to die for this testimony. They, they were like, look, it, I, I saw it with my own eyes. Now, I think this is crazy, but there's a lot of people in the world today who don't think that Elvis actually died, all right? It's, it's, it's crazy, but, but there, there's been a lot of Elvis sightings, okay? Um, but uh, uh, most of them, may, maybe none of them, would die for this belief, okay? I mean, when push comes to shove, do they really, really believe it? And what we see in the scriptures is that the eyewitnesses, the hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses who say, I saw Jesus walking around after he was on the cross, after he went in the tomb, I saw it and push. I mean, they're coming and saying, do you, did you really, did it really happen? Tell me that you, like, I, it's, it really happened. It really happened. And some of them, it got to the point that they were actually killed for this belief. I'm just telling you, okay, you've got to believe something to the core of your being to die for it. This is a big deal. I'll show it to you in the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 says this, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then, watch this, he's going to give us a quick listing of people he appeared to. He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of them still living at the time of this writing, though some have fallen asleep. Some of those, in other words, that has, have seen this and testify it are not with us anymore. They've passed away. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also." We could spend quite a bit of time. We could do a master's class today on all of the data that would back up that Jesus is real. But I, I, I want to take just a, a slightly different approach today. And I want to say this to you, that if you are unsure if Jesus is real, rather than me try to argue you into the kingdom and, and show you all the scriptures and the historical data, I, I'll just say this. I really think that you should try it out. <laughs> You should check it out for yourself. You should, you should ask Jesus. You should invite him into your life. You should pray about it. You should read about it. Like, just, just try him out. In John chapter 20, the empty tomb is discovered. And then Jesus uh, appears to Mary and then to the disciples. But when this happens, one of the disciples, his name is Thomas, is not with them when Jesus reappears. And so in John 20, verse 25, uh, he said, Thomas says these words. A lot of you will remember this story. He says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and I put my finger where the nails were and I put my hand into his side, Thomas says, I will not believe. And if I'm honest with you, I don't blame Thomas, all right? If, if I'm Thomas and I saw Jesus die and I saw him go into the tomb and then my buddy showed him and said, God, Thomas, Jesus, he's not there. He's risen from the dead. I probably would be a little bit like Thomas and be like, y'all, I got to see this for myself. Have you, ever, have you ever had that experience? Like, I got to see this for myself. That's what Thomas is saying. I think Thomas gets a bad rap. Um, most of us know him in the scriptures as doubting Thomas, right? right? Like that doubting Thomas. I, but I, I, I relate to him. I'm like, Thomas, I get it. 
You wanted to see proof that Jesus is real. And watch what happens in verse 26. A week later, so, so a week of Thomas working through these doubts and saying, I don't know, I don't think I, I don't know. And a week goes by. Can you imagine this? Two or three days later, he's like, see, I told you guys. Right? You told me you, told me you saw Jesus. Where has he been? Day four. Where is he at? Day five. Where is he at? A week later, they're in the house, and Thomas now is with them, and the doors are locked. This is creepy. And Jesus came, and he walks, he just walks in, right? He just, wouldn't, this, wouldn't this be fun to watch, y'all? Like, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a ring camera, right, on the house, right? And you see Jesus walking up, and he doesn't even try, he just walks right in, right? Can you imagine? How awesome! And he walks in, and Thomas is there this time, and he stood among them, right? Which I also wonder, like, how Jesus came in, right? Was he like, ta-da, you know? Or did he just, like, come in and, like, stand quietly in the corner waiting, you know? All of a sudden, one of them was like, whoa, you know? Like, how did it happen? Wouldn't that be fun, right? He's standing among them, and then he says, peace be with you. And he looks at Thomas, who's got all these questions, he's wondering you know, is this real? And he says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Touch, touch my side where the, where the spear pierced me. And then he says this. He says, stop doubting and believe. Here, here's what I notice in this quick interaction with Jesus and Thomas is that Jesus' invitation to Thomas is this. Come close, <laughs> Come closer. Take, take a step towards me, Thomas. Inspect for yourself. Check it out. T- go ahead. T- touch me. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead and check it out. And, and I, I just love this because I really believe that to those of you that today maybe have questions if Jesus is real, that this is the same invitation to you today. Is that Jesus is saying, hey, it's okay that you have questions. Just lean in a little bit. Take a step today on Easter Sunday. Come a little bit closer and check it out for yourself. And here's what I know you'll find is that Jesus is real. He is very, very real. Not only is Jesus real, but I want to tell you something else that I just love about Jesus is that Jesus is relatable. He's relatable. This is actually what we've talked about in this current series um, for several weeks now is just, just this idea that God sent his son into the earth to be a human. He wanted to understand what you and I go through in life, what we feel on a regular basis, right? I mean, it's still wild for me to think things like this, that Jesus got tired. Like, isn't that crazy? Like Jesus, he, 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 he had seasons where he was burning the candle at both ends, just like you've done before. And he got to a point where he just, he got tired. And, and like, like, think about, Jesus needed a nap sometimes, right? Jesus had friends. We talked about this last week. He had good friends and he had friends that betrayed him. So, so he understands that dynamic. Like Jesus, he came and he lived as a human so that he could understand Everything you've ever felt, everything you've ever wondered, everything you've dreamed about, everything you've been frustrated by. I'm just telling you, Jesus understands us. 
I've been reading the uh, He Gets Us devotional um, while we've been in this series. And, and this week in, in the devotional, I'm just going to read it to you. It said this. It said, how did Jesus live among us? He was different things to different people. See if you find yourself on this list. Check this out. To the victim, Jesus defended. To the rebel, he held out mercy. To the brutalized, Jesus comforted with kindness. To the questioning, he spoke truth. To the fearful, Jesus stood beside. To the lonely, he nodded. I've been there. To the sick, Jesus revitalized. To the outliner, he welcomed in. To the forgotten, Jesus remembered in detail. To the filthy, he washed clean. To the broken, he empathized. To the doubting, he listened. To the isolated, Jesus joined company. To the discouraged, he drew near. To the cynic, Jesus answered. To the rejected, he restored. To the anxious, Jesus calmed. To the betrayed, he identified. To the betrayer, he forgave. To the wounded, he sympathized. To the wanderer, he pointed the way. To the shattered, he rebuilt dreams. To the lost, he led home. To the abandoned, he was home. To the destitute, Jesus deepened. To the single again, he completed. To the tempted, Jesus was available. To the courageous, he gave purpose. To the one in trouble, Jesus led out. To the exhausted, he was wholeness. To the hurried, Jesus patiently waited. To the overcommitted, he built margin. To the weak, Jesus fortified. To the one in debt, he released. To the searching, he satisfied. To the foolish, he said, turn around. To the pure in heart, Jesus blessed. To the one who keeps on going, he rewarded. Whatever you need, Jesus is here for you. He is here for us. Did, did you relate to any part of that list? Did you, did you see yourself uh, in any part of that list? I mean, this is the remarkable thing about Jesus, is that he didn't stay in heaven. He came to the earth so that he could relate to you and I. It's just crazy for me to think that God is not a far off God, but that he came near, he became relatable, and that he gets us. So, so Jesus is, he's real, he's relatable, but, but that's not all, because also Jesus is reliable. He's reliable. Uh, this week, Pastor Jace called me, and, and uh, their daughter, Skylar, is at college down in Las Cruces, and, and she had went to get in her car one day, and when she got in her car, her car wouldn't start. Have you ever had that happen? Anyone? I mean, there's an expectation that when you get in your car, that it's going to start. Am I right? But this time, it didn't start. So he called me, and he was looking for a mechanic down in Las Cruces. And so we, we reached out to the people we know, and we eventually found a mechanic for him. And, and it just got me thinking. Like, there's a bunch of things that, that we just rely upon, right? We just, we just think this is going to, you know, like, like a really easy one is like the chair you're sitting in. You, just, you, you were relying that when you put your weight into that seat this morning, it was going to hold you, right? Um, we had some friends over on Good Friday for a worship night, and one of our friends sat in a chair, and uh, it was unreliable, all right? All of a sudden, he's like, Pastor Jay, I think I broke your chair. I said, it's okay. Lisa's been wanting new ones anyway. How much did she pay you, right? That's what I, 
There's all these things that we do that, that we, just, we, just, we, we just come to rely on. We start our car, we sit in a chair. And I'm, just, I'm here to tell you today, because maybe you're wondering, can I rely upon Jesus? And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is reliable, that you can count on him. Now, one of the ways that you know if you can count on someone is this, is do they do what they say they're going to do, Right? That's how you find out if a friend is reliable, right? Um, if you're flying into town and you say, hey, can you pick me up at the airport? My flight lands at this time, right? And they say, yes. If they are there at the time that you told them to be to pick you up, they are reliable. Am I right? If they are not there at that time, you need a new friend, Okay. This is how you find out if they're reliable or not. And one of the ways we can tell that Jesus is reliable is that over and over, Jesus did what he said he was going to do. In Matthew chapter 16, he says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed so on the third day he could be raised to life. Okay? One of my favorite parts of the Easter story is how often Jesus told his disciples what was going to happen, and then when it happened, they were still surprised. Have you, have you noticed that? I mean, just over and over, he told them that this was going to happen. But I'll just, I'll just say this. The bottom line is Jesus kept his word. He told them it was going to happen. Guys, I'm going to be crucified on a cross, but I'm going to be raised again in three days. Guys, I'm going to be crucified on a cross, but the grave won't hold me. Guys, I'm going to be crucified on a cross, but three days later, I'm, I'm not going to be there, right? And he told them over and over and over. And what I want you to see today is how reliable Jesus is because he did what he said he was going to do. I want you to know today that Jesus can be trusted. He can be trusted. I'll, I'll try something, um, but I, I, need to, I need to make sure in case I'm going to offend anyone today that I know who I'm going to offend, okay? Um, do, I have any, do I have any Tesla drivers that are here today? Are there any Tesla drivers? Oh, good. I don't have to even be careful. This is awesome. <laughs> First of all, they are ugly, okay? They should, I don't even know why you ever want to drive. They're just, they're just ugly. So, so Tesla, you, you know this. They... They're, they're famous because they're, they're going after some, some, some things that, that uh, technology that, that other, other, other companies aren't going after. They, they're going after creating a car that has an autopilot feature, okay? So I'll just, these straight off their website, I'll just read it to you. Autopilot is an advanced driver assist system that enhances safety and convenience behind the wheel. When used properly, autopilot reduces your overall workload as a driver. I never knew it was such hard work. Each new Tesla is equipped with eight external cameras and powerful vision processing to provide an additional layer of, of safety. Here's some of the features. Traffic aware cruise control. This matches the speed of your car to that of surrounding traffic. Okay? 
auto steer, assist in steering within a clearly marked lane, okay? <laughs> Good luck finding those here. And uses traffic-aware cruise control. Here's another feature. Navigate on autopilot. This actively guides your car from a highway's on-ramp to off-ramp, including suggesting lane changes, navigating interchanges, automatically engaging the turn signal, and taking the correct exit. Two more. Auto lane change. Assists in moving to an adjacent lane on the highway when auto steer is engaged. And auto park helps automatically parallel or perpendicular park your car with a single touch. Okay? Does that sound awesome to anyone? Awesome to anyone? Here's the disclaimer. Autopilot, enhanced autopilot, and full self-driving capability are intended for use with a fully attentive driver. I might as well just drive the car. Who has their hands on the wheel and is prepared to take over at any moment. While these features are designed to become more capable over time, the currently enabled features do not make the vehicle autonomous. I do not trust a Tesla. I will not drive a Tesla. Okay? I, 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 just, I just won't. There's no way ever, well, I shouldn't say ever, maybe there'll be a day they'll come. Right now, there's, there's no way that I'm going to get in a car and punch a button and just let it do its thing, right? I'm not, I'm not going to just pull my hands off and hope that it changes lanes or hope that it exits or hope that it stops or hope that it parks. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And the simple reason is this, is that I do not trust the Tesla, okay? Hope I don't get sued for this. And some of you today relate with the Tesla, and some of you relate with your faith. Because you're looking at this thing called Christianity, and I'm asking you today to trust Jesus because he's reliable, and you're not sure if you punch that button, if you can really let your hands off. <laughs> if you can really trust where the Holy Spirit is guiding you. If you can really let him take you where he wants you to go. You're just not sure if you can follow his direction. And I'm hoping that today I can, I can convince you that Jesus is trustworthy. That Jesus is reliable. That listen, people will let you down but Jesus will not. I'm just, I'm just, I'm telling you, he did what he said he would do. He's reliable. You can trust him. And here's my favorite part, probably the most exciting part. This is the Easter part, is that not only is Jesus real and relatable and reliable, but finally, Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. They come to the grave and they can't, find the, they can't find the body. And the angels show up and they say, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is risen. He's not here. He is risen. I love what Eugene Peterson said about Easter. He said, what appeared to be a defeat was actually the greatest victory of all. Because Jesus is risen. 
Sin and death and suffering is not the end of the story. If the story had stopped at Jesus going to the cross, we wouldn't have the good news that we have today. We would still have to be worried about sin. We'd still have to be worried about sickness. We'd still have to worry about suffering. But Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The Easter story is pretty amazing because it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, now lives inside of every single man and woman who puts their hope in Jesus. Those six individuals who today we celebrated with water baptism, they made a decision to follow Christ. And when they did, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead came into them. And now because of that, I'm just telling you, I don't know what, when we prayed earlier and and we, we asked this question, what do you want for God to do for you today. I don't know how you answered that question, but the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can now live inside of you. And when that happens, everything that you will ever face in this life can be defeated. Everything. I'll be vulnerable for just a moment. This week we prayed with two individuals who had surgery on Friday, on Good Friday, to hopefully remove cancer from their bodies. In between those two phone calls, I got a third phone call from another friend who just received word that that he has cancer. I hung up from those three phone calls and I had a fourth call to make to someone whose father had just passed away. (laughs) All of this is happening while I'm at a track meet, trying to cheer for my girls to run their races. I walked over to Lisa and we just sat on the sidelines for a minute and we just pondered what in the world is going on right now? Just a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of sickness. There's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot, there's a lot of suffering. And we just sat on the, you know, concrete while kids did laps on a track and we we thought about our friends. We prayed for our friends. We we pondered all of this. And there was a moment where, if you've ever been there, really easily I could have, the scales could have tipped and I, and I could have just gone down a deep, dark hole and began to believe, we're not going to make it. The world's on fire. Oh my goodness, we're all going to die. Have you ever felt that way? <laughs> there was a moment. <laughs> I might have went there, but Lisa, Lisa helped me. And I began to remember <laughs> that it was Holy Week. And that the faith that I have understands the sorrow of the cross. The grieving in those three days as Jesus' body was laid in the tomb. But thankfully, the story doesn't end there. Thankfully, when they showed up to take the spices to to take care of the body, they showed up. And something was different from the last time they came because the stone had been rolled away. 
and they, and they walked in and they looked around and the body was no longer there. And I'm just telling you, because of that moment, there is a power that has been introduced into the world, in, into your life, into our lives, that says that cancer does not get the final word that says that divorce does not have to be the only option, that says that you do have a purpose and you don't have to just exist in this world, that says you can be free from addiction. There's a power in the world that says that your family can love each other, can love Christ, can follow after Jesus. I'm just telling you, there's a power in this world. That's what we're celebrating on Easter. And I don't know what you prayed earlier. I don't know what you prayed when we said, what do you want Jesus to do for you? But I'm telling you, it's available to you today. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? I wanna go back to this question. What do you want Jesus to do for you today? What do you want Jesus to do for you today? And my ask of you is this. My ask, if you're like wondering, Pastor, what do you want me to do today? Here's my ask. I just want you to try. I just want you to try. I want you to try Jesus. I believe, and a whole bunch of us here believe, that he's real, that he's relatable, that he's reliable. And today we're celebrating that he's risen. But I'm okay if you're not, I'm okay if you're not there yet. I'm okay. My ask of you is this. Just try it. Just try it. Have you ever been asked to try something and you tried it and you didn't like it? Anyone? You tried something, you didn't like it? Happens to me a lot. And then have you ever been asked to try it again? Anyone been asked to try it again? And what do we say? No, I already tried it. I didn't like it, right? I'm talking to those of you today that you would say, I already tried Jesus and I didn't like it. And here's my ask of you today. Just try it again. Would you try it again? Would you try it again? You know what I think of immediately? I think of sushi. That's what I think about. My, no, do not go there. We're not talking about salad. We're talking about sushi. My wife and my girls love sushi. Anyone love sushi? Anyone? Why was that louder than baptism? That was weird. My wife and my girls love sushi. Years ago, I tried sushi. I didn't like it. It was weird. It's textured, weird, raw. Yeah. And one day, this good friend of mine, his name's Jordan. He said, hey, meet me for lunch. We were living in Dallas. I said, all right, where do you want to meet? He said, meet me at Clyde Warren Park. There's a bunch of food trucks. I'm going to take you to my favorite sushi truck. And I thought this, the only thing worse than sushi is sushi out of a food truck. <laughs> uh, but I love my friend Jordan, and I trust my friend Jordan. So I apprehensively said, I will try it again. So we got to the truck and I said, listen, dude, I don't like sushi. He's like, why are we here? I said, because this is where you wanted to come, man. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I said, here's the deal though. This is it. This is my one shot. I ain't doing this again if it's bad. You better order the best sushi ever. Like, you, it, I don't even know what to order. I don't even know what the menu says, right? He's like, I gotcha, right? So he ordered something. I went and sat down at my little, my little picnic table. A few minutes later, he shows up with a tray of sushi. Like, how do I eat this, man? And he's, some of you are like sushi experts. He's like, well, this is wasabi and this is what, and all these things, you know, y'all are, are more sophisticated than me. I'm like, just, what's the best, man? Just like, take, just show me the best one. 
He showed me what he thought was the best, and I took the best one. Mmm. That's not bad, bro. What is that? He said, it's a California roll. I'm like, not bad. So a little while later, like weeks later, he's like, you want to try sushi again? I'm like, sure. Because I'm going to take you another spot. This time I fried, found out they fry sushi. Oh my gosh. Life changing. Life changing. Listen. I'm just asking you today. Just try it again. Try it again. More than likely, if you're disappointed in your faith, it's not because Jesus let you down. It's because someone on the earth who represented Jesus let you down. And I'm sorry for that. I've hurt some people along the way that that would be their story as well. And I'm sorry for that. But I'm just asking you today, just try again. Just try again. Maybe, maybe it'll go different this time. I, I think it will. I really think it will. Do me a favor. Bow your heads for just a minute. Close your eyes. I want to do, I want to do two things today. Both are really, really important. We take this moment super important. First of all, I want to give you a chance <laughs> to ask Jesus to be a part of your life. <laughs> I'm asking you to try for the first or the second or the 50th time. I, it doesn't matter. I'm, asking, I'm just asking you to try. I'm asking you to try Jesus. And if you're here today, let me just tell you, I know it's Easter. Someone might have invited you, but it's not a mistake. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a, an accident that you showed up to this church on this day with this message with a preacher saying, would you just try it? Would you just, just dip your toes in the water? Just try it. Just put it, put a little bite in your mouth. Just try it. I'm just telling you, it's not an accident. And I would love to invite you on what I believe is the greatest adventure, which is following Jesus. You've had a great example today of six people who made that decision and you saw them baptized in water. And you, you could be the next one. Like, why, why not? Why not? I'd love to walk with you on this journey. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm not going to take very long. But if you're here today, we'd love to come alongside of you here at Harvest. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to give you some resources. We'd love to help you with that. And so that's the only reason I ask you to do it this way. No one's looking around, just me. But if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to do, I'll try, I'll try Jesus. I'm ready to have him be a part of my life and me a part of his. If you're ready for that, would you just right where you are, would you just lift your hand real high in the air? You don't have to be ashamed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's, there's hands going up all over the room. You're saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to try. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm ready to try Jesus. I'm ready to surrender my life to him. And church, would you just do this with me? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to say it out loud. And those of you that lifted your hands, the, the word is so, the Bible is so clear. It says, all that call in the name of the Lord will be saved. When you say this, there's no magic in the actual words, but it's what's happening in your heart. That as you call on the name of the Lord, something happens and the Lord rescues you. He comes in. I love First Corinthians says, all of a sudden you're a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. It's, it's amazing. My favorite part of the gospel, the ability to change. So church, would you pray this prayer with me right now? Say, Jesus, I'm ready to give it a try. I ask you to come into my life. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Would you give a hand to those that prayed that prayer this morning? Listen, if, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I have a book that I'd love to give you. It looks like this. It says, Following Jesus. As soon as service ends, it, we're not quite there, but as soon as it ends, you go out these doors. There's a big banner in our lobby that says, Following Jesus. We have some, some leaders that are there. They'll give you this book. They'll talk with you. They'll help you. They'll answer questions. They'll get you connected into a life group. All, all, all the things, all the things. We want to help you with that. And I just want to congratulate you because you literally just made the best decision of your entire life. I want to do one more thing. Our worship team is going to lead us in a final song. And I'm going to come up for a closing prayer. And I want to focus on this. We've asked it a couple times today. What do you want Jesus to do for you today? And I believe that as I come back up, we close in prayer. We're going to pray for one another. I believe that miracles are going to happen. It's Easter Sunday. It's the Sunday that we celebrate the greatest miracle of ever, the resurrection from the dead. So why not? Why not today be healed in your body? Why not today be, be restored in your marriage? Why not today see something miraculous happen in your life? So as we sing this final song, would you just, would you give a little more focus on what are you asking God to do today? And then we're just gonna join our faith together and we're gonna see what God is ready to do. So worship team, would you come and lead us in one final song on this beautiful Easter Sunday? Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.